Um, today's scripture reading is taken from Psalms 22, verses 1 to 5, and then 16 to 24. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? O oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. Verses 16 to 24. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O God, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him, and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. This is God's word. Thanks, Sherry, for reading God's word for us. Good morning, everyone. It's really good to be able to preach God's word to you this morning, especially warm welcome again to the girls from Gladiolus Place. It's, glad, it's uh, great that you can join us. Uh, before I start, I just want to give you a warning. Uh, I was practicing my sermon yesterday, and my one-year-old son, Ezra, was supposed to be sleeping, but he couldn't sleep. So I took one for the team. I pouched him as I was practicing the sermon, and within five minutes, he fell asleep. <laughs> I hope that some of you will last longer than five minutes this morning. Let's pray. Gracious God, many of us have had different weeks. Many of us are in different places. But you are the same. Your word is the same. Your word brings life. Speak to us this morning. Quieten our hearts. Open our ears. Maybe see how beautiful you are and how much you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I used to go scuba diving quite a bit. Um, that's until I had kids, and now, frankly, I don't have time for anything. And one of the things I liked about diving was when we went to explore wrecks, you know, those boats that have been sunk to the bottom of the sea. What I found interesting, or one of the things I found interesting when going through these wrecks was to think about what the boat used to be like, you know. This is where they probably steered the boat. This is possibly where the passengers sat. I think this is where they put all the cargo and all the baggage. You know, as, to, as, as I go through it, to think about what the boat, how the boat used to be so full of life, and then to look at it and contrast what it used to be with what it had become. Broken, lifeless, and abandoned, left at the bottom 
of the sea. We want to start this morning by asking this question, have you ever felt like this boat? Have you ever felt like a wreck? Have you ever felt like God has abandoned you and just left you there broken, alone, and forgotten at the bottom of the sea? Going through something in your life that is just causing you to ask yourself, where is God? Or perhaps it's not you that God has abandoned, but someone you love. They're going through a storm in their life and waves are just crashing over them, but God is nowhere to be found. This is the topic of our psalm for this morning that starts with one of the most famous lines in all of the Christian Bible. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The word forsaken is something that we don't really use very often. It means to give up, to leave, and to abandon. And so for the rest of this sermon, I'll be using the word abandon instead of forsaken. It means the same thing, but as other translations have used it, it's also something that we are more comfortable with and more able to relate to. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? This morning, we're going to be going, taking a journey with David, the guy who wrote this, this psalm, this poem, and following him as he struggles with feeling like God has abandoned him. And before we go on, there's something we need to know about how to read the psalms. You know, there are some songs that when you hear them, you go like, hey, that's exactly how I feel. I didn't know it at the time, but this psalm has, this song has been able to put into words exactly how I was feeling. That's actually a bit of how we should read the psalms. The psalms were written for, for people to sing in a group, in a community, and so we should use these psalms as you read them to help us put into words what is on our heart, how we are feeling and then to use those words to tell each other what's going on in our lives. And so with that, the first thing we learn from this Psalm 22 is that when we feel like God has abandoned us, we don't have to pretend like everything is okay. You know how sometimes in our lives, things get really bad and we feel so overwhelmed, and then we just feel bad for even thinking or feeling like God has abandoned us? This psalm tells us we don't have to feel bad. We don't have to pretend that everything is okay. And this psalm helps us put into words that feeling of how God has abandoned us. How does it do it? In verses 1 to 21, the writer gives us three ways that he feels that God has abandoned him. Three ways for us to put into words how we feel God has abandoned us or how he has abandoned someone close to us. The first way is this, when God seems so far away and has gone silent. If you have your Bibles, look at verses 1 to 2. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day but you do not answer, and by night but I find no rest. Have you ever felt the same way as the psalmist? as David who wrote this psalm? Have you ever felt like God is far, far away and no matter how much you talk to Him or cry out to Him, it feels like you're just talking to the air. Like He doesn't hear you or answer you. It's a really terrible thing to go through, but what makes it even worse is when God seems to respond to everyone else but you. You know what it's like, right? You go for, you go for your 
CG, you meet someone for coffee, or you hear someone's testimony, maybe you read it online, you watch a video, or you hear it on a Sunday, and they spend so much time talking about how much they love God, how God is speaking to them, doing so many great things in their lives, answering this prayer and that prayer and so on. And then as you're listening, you think to yourself, hey, what's wrong with me? Why doesn't God speak to me the same way that He speaks to them? Why doesn't God answer my prayers? Why does God seem so far away from me? And this is what's happening to, the, to David. Look at verses 4 to 5. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. David is remembering how God answered Israel's, his ancestors' cries for help in the past and rescued them with all these miracles, you know, rescuing them from slavery in Egypt, parting the Red Sea so they can walk through it on dry land, sending down food from the sky when they had nothing to eat, destroying a fortress just by walking around it. But then David looks at his own life and he says in verse 6, but I am a worm worm and not a man. Scorned, which means looked down on by mankind, and despised, which means hated or disliked by the people. God is talking to everyone but me. God has done all these miracles, answered everyone else's prayers except mine. God's gone silent and you're doing your best to persevere and trust Him. But then, everyone else isn't silent. And while God is silent and you don't hear anything from Him, all you hear is everyone else telling you to give up on God. It might be someone or it might be just a voice in our heads. Why is your life like this? Are you sure it's worth it? Why is this God treating you so badly? Actually, how can you be even so sure that He exists? You know you what you want to do. Just go and do whatever you feel makes you happy. That's what's important, right? And you, and you try and persevere, and you try and trust in God, but as God stays silent, and things get worse, and He feels so far away, these voices get louder and louder, and they slowly start to make more and more sense. Look at verses 7 to 8. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads at me. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Even as I read verses 7 to 8, as people mock David, some of you may have noticed the similarities between verses 7 to 8 and verses 4 to 5, which we read just now. You see, he, in verses 4 to 5, we've read about how David's fathers trusted in God and God delivered and rescued them. And like his fathers, David trusts in God. But unlike his fathers, God neither delivers nor rescues him. As we struggle, are people, voices telling us to just give up and give in. The last way we feel like God has abandoned us is when we feel like we have nothing left, we've lost all hope, and the enemy, the bad guy, is winning, 
and closing in on us. That's what's happening to David. He's trying his best to persevere and trust God, but the enemy, his enemies are winning and they're coming in to kill him and he's terrified. He's so scared and he feels like he can't go on anymore. He has no more energy, no more hope. Look at verses 12 and 13 and 16. Many bulls encompass me, which means surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They, op- they open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. And verse 16, for dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. Bulls, dogs, and lions represent David's enemies. Those who don't obey God, who don't do what is right, who want to kill and to destroy him. They are, they are like, you know, those, you, see, you watch on TV, right? Those lions, those predators who are, who are circling the prey and they're coming in closer and closer, preparing to kill him. And as his enemies close in to kill him, David is so scared. He's terrified and he's helpless. He's like, he's like a prey trapped in a spider's web. He's, he's moving and he's trying to get out, but he's trapped, he's stuck, and he can't get out. It looks like the end is coming. Here. Look at verses 14 to 15. I am po- this is what David says, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like potsherd, which is, potsherd is one of those clay pots. And my, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. Being poured out is, is a phrase used in the Bible in the Old Testament to describe the most intense, terrible suffering that a person can go through. And you see, David's bones feel like he's so weak, he's so scared, he feels like his, his bones, his joints are all disconnected from each other. His heart is completely gone. It's utterly melted. His last drop of strength is gone. It's completely dried up and his mouth has gone dry. The details here are so graphic. I'm not sure about you, but I can almost feel how the psalmist, how David is feeling. Verses 16 to 18 go on to give us a picture of a person who is going, who is sure that he's going to die. His hands and his feet have been pierced. He's in such bad shape that he can count all his bones. And his enemies mock him. He, they, they divide, they're, they're dividing his clothes while they prepare for him to die. And you can hear the psalmist, you can hear David's desperation in verses 19 to 21. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. My friends, do any of the things that we have just gone through describe how we're feeling this morning? Do any of you feel like God has abandoned you? Are the lions, bulls, and dogs in our lives circling us, ready to eat us up? Has your heart melted? Has your strength dried up? Do you feel like you have nothing left and all you want to do is give up. Fight with a loved one, loss of a friend, trouble with a co-worker, or maybe 
God has just disappeared. Sickness, pain, death, separation, crisis, tragedy. Do we feel like God has abandoned us? Thank God that that's not the end of the psalm. We follow David's story as he's gone deeper and deeper into the pit. And now we follow David as he drags himself out of the pit. We started this, by, this morning by looking at three ways that we feel that God has abandoned us. And for the rest of this morning, we're going to look at three truths that David used to drag himself up. Three truths, three, three things to give us hope. For us to cling to when we feel like there's no hope left. Tim Keller wrote in one of his many, many books, human beings are hope-shaped creatures. The way we live now is completely controlled by what we believe about our future. Nelson Mandela wrote in one of his letters to his family during his nearly 30 years in jail, remember, hope is a powerful weapon even when all else is lost. These three truths are truths of hope. And as we learn these three truths from Psalm 22, let's, let's meditate on them. Let's memorize them so that like a, like a life boy when we're out at sea, like a life boy when we're out at sea, or fuel we need to keep moving, or shield to protect us, we have hope to cling on to, motivation to carry on, and truth to say no to the lies when we feel like God has abandoned us three truths. And the first truth is this, God loves you and has promised to never leave you or abandon you. No matter how we feel, no matter how difficult it is, no matter, even when God seems far away, even when we've gone months, even years when God doesn't seem to answer, even when the enemies are closing in, God doesn't seem to hear us and everyone around us instead is telling us to give up, cling to this you are deeply loved by God. And even though it feels like He has abandoned you, He has not abandoned you because He has promised that He will never leave us or abandon us. This is the same choice David had to make in Psalm 22. Does he choose to trust how he feels and what's going on around him? Or does he trust what God said and who He is? Verses 21 to 21 are all about David crying out to God because he feels like God has abandoned him. But then we look at what he says in verses 22 to 24. David talks about how he will praise God and tell everyone how great God is. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify Him and stand in awe of Him all you offspring of Israel, for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Which, and this just means he has, God has not ignored or looked down on the suffering of those who are suffering and needy. And, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. Even when he's in so much pain and gone through so much suffering, and enemies are closing in and it feels like all hope is lost. David chooses to trust not in how he feels or what he sees, but in God. He trusts God that no matter what the situation may be, 
even though it feels the way, God has and God will never abandon him. When I read through verses 20 to 24, some of us may have heard the confidence in David's tone as he praises God. Confidence is the backbone that we see throughout the rest of this psalm. What is he confident in? Where does his confidence come from? It comes from the promise God made to his people. Look at Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, them being the enemies they were facing. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. It's a significant promise that's repeated throughout Israel's history. I've got the verses up there on the screen if you want to take them down. And this is where David's confidence comes from, from God's word, from God's promise to him. And more importantly for us this morning, God's promise to David is the same promise that we can claim, that all Christians can claim for all of time. Look at Hebrews 13 verse 5 and 2 Corinthians 4 verses 8 to 9. I've got it on the screen, you don't have to turn to it. The writer of the Hebrews is quoting God's promise that He will never leave us or abandon us. And he's saying that it applies to all of us, not just the people in the Old Testament, but it applies to all of us who have chosen to trust in God. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul, the guy who wrote this letter, claims this promise as well when he's writing to the church in Corinth. He's assuring them that no matter how much they are afflicted, how much they suffer, they will never be abandoned by God. We are afflicted, we suffer in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. The first, when we feel like God has abandoned us, the first truth to, to hammer into ourselves is this, God loves us and He will never leave us or abandon us. This is a call for us to walk by faith and not by sight. To trust what God has promised over what we feel, what we see, and everyone else says. But let's be honest, right? It's much easier said than done, especially when you're going through something that makes no sense at all. Going through something that is so unfair, so terrible that it feels that either God is not good, or He's not powerful, or He's just not there. And the truth is, this is why so many people walk away from Christianity when they see how bad it is and question, how, where is God? And how could He let this happen? And this is why the cross is so important. Without the cross, we have God's promise. With the cross, we have God's promise put into action in history. The cross tells us that we can be confident that God will never leave us or abandon us because in history, God sent Jesus, His own Son, to earth and He abandoned His own Son for each of us. Every year we celebrate Christmas because we want to celebrate the day hundreds of years ago and hundreds of years after David wrote this psalm that God really sent His Son, Jesus, to be born on earth. This is a historical fact. Jesus was born on earth 
Jesus lived a life on earth and then Jesus died on the cross. And when he was on the cross, when he was crucified, he cried out these words of Psalm 22. We read them in Matthew 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, and when Jesus was on the cross, he cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? These, are word, these words are word for word from Psalm 22. And the gospel writers, the people who wrote, who wrote these stories down to, to capture for us about Jesus' life and death, they were very careful to show that Jesus' death on the cross fulfilled many of the things that we read about in Psalm 22. And we don't have time to go through it, but this table shows some of the key specific ways that the Gospels, that the stories written in the New Testament, they, they reference the different verses, the different things that went on in Psalm 22. But why? Why did they go through all this trouble? On one hand, Jesus wanted us to know that when He was on the cross, when He was on the cross hanging there with no strength left, when He was going through unthinkable physical suffering, what we didn't see is that He was also going through unthinkable spiritual suffering. He was being abandoned by God, His Father. You know, something I didn't notice, and I only noticed when preparing for today is, have you noticed how God responds when Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? What does God say? He didn't say anything. That's the point. He didn't say anything. He was utterly silent. God didn't answer because on the cross, when Jesus was on the cross, God had truly abandoned him. He was silent because he really had abandoned Jesus, even though Jesus had done nothing wrong and even though Jesus did not deserve it. Jesus specifically quoted the, word, the words of Psalm 22 and the gospel writers went through so much effort for, so that for us to make the connection because they want us to see the connection between Jesus' death on the cross and Psalm 22, they wanted us to know that what Jesus was doing on the cross is that he was taking the abandonment that we deserve, that, that David wrote about, so that God could keep his promise to never leave us or abandon us. All of us have sinned. All of us have wronged God. And so we all actually deserve for God to abandon us. But we see on the cross that Jesus was abandoned by God. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? He took the abandonment we deserve so that all of us who put our trust in Jesus, we can have the same confidence that David had that only Jesus deserved. The confidence that God will never leave you or abandon you. Just now we read about three ways that we feel that God has abandoned us and they're actually three ways that God really abandoned Jesus. They give us a glimpse of what Jesus went through on the cross for us and a glimpse of just how much God loves us. Brothers and sisters, 
trust God that He loves you and will never leave you or abandon you. Look at the cross. Read about the cross. Learn about Jesus and you will see that God loves you so much that He abandoned His own Son for you so that we can have confidence that God will never leave us or abandon us. And lastly, God loves you and we can trust Him that it will all be over one day. All pain, all suffering, everything bad will all be over one day. Verses 26 to 28 in Psalm 22 talk about one day. It talks about the one day when the afflicted, which means the poor or needy, shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek Him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and He rules over the nations. It's not going to last forever. This pain, this suffering, this feeling like we don't know where God is, it's not going to last forever. You see, see, David is ultimately calling all of us, no matter what we're going through, to fix our eyes and our hearts on the day when our faith shall become sight. when there'll be no more bad and only good to fix our eyes on the day. One real day that is really going to come when everything you're going through will all be over. Whatever you're going through, there'll be no more suffering, no more tears and no more pain. So wonderful that day will be that Paul tells us that everything we've gone through, it's impossible to imagine now, but everything we've ever gone through, all the suffering we've ever had will seem like it just lasted a moment. It will seem so small because when we see Jesus face to face and we sang just now, it will be so glorious that everything else will just be like, it didn't matter. But until we get to that day, let's, hang on to these three glorious truths. God loves you and will never leave you or abandon you. God loves you and abandoned His own Son for you. God loves you and it will all be over one day. So some time back, I was going through a very, I was going through quite a a dark period in my life and I was, I was, um, I was due to meet a friend to study the Bible together. Okay, we never got around to doing it, lah, but I, was, I met this friend, I went to his house, and, and we went to the room where we were supposed to talk to each other, and we both sat down, and he asked, how are you doing? And then I must have said like one sentence, and then, and then the tears just started coming out, and it's quite embarrassing. Lah. I tried to stop, right? <laughs> but then I, I couldn't, I just... I cried and cried and cried and cried until I had nothing left to cry. 
And he just sat there and he didn't say much. And honestly, I'll be honest with you, I don't really remember much of what he did say. But I remember this one thing he said. I remember it as clearly as if he had just said it to me yesterday. He said, he looked me in the eye when the tears had stopped. Like, he said, Sam, God loves you. I'm sorry that you're going through what you're going through, but God loves you and we love you. And I, at the time, I didn't know how much I needed to hear it until I heard those words because in the darkness, I had just forgotten that God had loved me, that God loved me. My brothers and sisters, this morning, I don't know what you're going through or what you will go through. But remember this. God loves you. And I'm sorry that you are going through or you're going to go through whatever you go through. But God loves you. And we love you. You are not alone. And one day, believe it or not, one day, one real day, you'll be able to sit down with someone else and talk about how God loved you and how it's all over because God never left you or abandoned you. Let's bow our heads. We're going to end this morning slightly differently. As you remain seated, um, two sisters are going to sing a song for us. And as they sing, feel free to sing along. But more importantly, I'd like us to spend the time reflecting on the words of the song and reflecting on the words of Psalm 22. And why don't just take this time to respond to God, to talk to God, to cry out to God. And after they sing, I'll pray for us and then we'll sing their song of response together. Of some. 
pray. God loves you. God loves you and you're not alone. God loves you and He will never leave you or abandon you. God loves you so much that He abandoned His own Son's cries so that we can trust and walk by faith and not by sight. God loves you and it will all be over one day. Can I give us just a minute to do our business with God? Father, we abandoned you first. But yet, you, instead of abandoning us, abandoned Christ so that we put our faith in you can have such confidence of your love for us. I pray for my brothers and sisters who are going through something terrible or going through something that just feels like nothing because you have nowhere to be found. I pray that they will cling hard to you, that they will remember that you love them, and that though they do not see it, they cannot feel it, you have not left or abandoned them. I pray that your, your Holy Spirit will heal wounds, will be a shield against lies, You would help us keep our eyes fixed on the day when it will all be over and may we respond now and forever in glorious praise and confidence and trust in You. We do not deserve this, Lord God, but yet You have done it out of love for us. You are our joy in sorrows, tears, our strength to cast out fears. You are our hope in darkest night, our broken souls, delight and may this be our anthem for not just for this morning but for the rest of our lives plant take your word and plant it deep in us in jesus name we pray amen